I went to visit Rella in her cell. It was not an hospitable place. Dank and dark, with drizzles of water pooling on the floor, it was well in the bowels of the explored regions, and well guarded. Jift did not want me to go there, but Tsar, who was about to leave for the east, interceded on my behalf. It is good for the boy to see real life, he said, which was a mysterious thing for him to say at the time. Later, I knew what he meant. She received me with courtesy, as always. It pained me to see the object of my former puppy love so disheveled and unhappy. Are they treating you well? I asked, almost timidly. She looked at me curiously. Well enough. Why have you come here, sire? To hear from your own lips that you are innocent. She turned away from me and looked up at the single window, cut high in the rock wall of the sill, which was dark. It looked out not on daylight outside the mountain, but merely on the tunnel which led here. I had a son your age, she said. The sadness of her voice tugged at my heart. She sounded as if she was speaking to herself or someone else long gone. He was killed after the last war, when violence against my clan peaked. This was just after your mother's victory. He was just a kit and was in his father's arms. She turned to face me. My husband was murdered, too, trying to save my son. I had one of two roads to take then. I could take the road of vengeance and try to pay the Republic back for what they had done to my family. Or I could make sure that something like the last war never happened again. She took a step toward me and her eyes flashed. I wanted to take the road of vengeance. With all my heart I wanted to, but I did not. My father was a diplomat and his father before him. We all opposed Frayne. For their troubles, my father and grandfather were murdered by their own people. I decided to become a diplomat too in the New Republic and do everything I could for my clan. Her voice became a hiss and she took another step toward me, her eyes flashing gold, one hand thrust outward with the short claws fully extended. But I did not betray you and I will go to my death protesting my innocence. Your death, I said, momentarily speechless. Do you mean to say... She straightened, and her eyes lost some of their fire. You didn't know? The orders of execution were signed by Tsar when he arrived yesterday. I felt my face flush. I will not let this happen. A knowing, almost kind expression came across her face. Poor sire, I can see now that you had nothing to do with it. This, at least, brings me peace of a sort. No, this cannot be. I will not let... She held up a hand. You know your own mother's document, do you not? I was still frantic. Yes, but there is nothing you can do, sire. She stepped forward and suddenly enfolded me in her arms. I felt like a blubbering kit and was crying against her bosom, just as I had so many times after my sister had teased me or some other childish fate had befallen me. Do you know, she soothed, that in a way I came to see you as my own son, the mind doctors would say that you were a substitute for my own loss, and I was one for you. I will not allow this to happen. She pushed me gently away, and I saw that the fire in her eyes had been completely replaced by a soft look. I did love you as my own. I always will, Sebastian. I pushed myself completely away. I will speak to Tsar. I stormed out of there, pushing the guards roughly out of the way at the entrance. 
I caught General Zah as he was preparing to leave. He was mounted on his horse, in full armor, surrounded by the small band of soldiers who would accompany him as he sought to rally what troops stood between us and the advancing Frayne army.